Buzz Cafe. Good morning. Welcome. Hey. Hello, everyone. We're all here today. All here. John's right. ready to so, go. Yes, I can. I, I, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we are moving into the third rung, obedience. So we've been having a, several weeks on humility, submission, and now the third rung, obedience. With a quick stop off at rebellion. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, that's like, not on there. No. You, you want to, You could do that run. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I could. <laughs> we'll um, we'll maybe address rebellion in this obedience <laughs> run. Yeah, It'd be good. When I think of uh, obedience, I think about that whole issue of compliance. Would you guys talk about the difference? Mm-hmm. Yeah, compliance. Uh, when I was a kid, okay. So my mom would always say she wanted me to do my chores with a happy heart. And I thought, uh-huh, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> and I would do them, but I was just the angriest little boy who ever picked up his toys or whoever did the lawn work. And I didn't understand. I was like, I'm doing it. What, what do you want? I'm you're yeah. getting it done. And she'd always say, I want you to want to do it. And I'm like, good. I, no. No. It's <laughs> not yeah, happening. You can't yeah. have that. You yeah. can't have that. But compliance Oh, you look in uh, a friendship or in a marriage, and if if you just get your way, and you and the person only does it because they have to, or because otherwise that you're going to take something away, or you're going to hit them over the head with a stick, whatever it is, um, you know, armies who get defeated comply because they've been defeated. People who obey trust. And do what they do because they believe that the other person has their best in mind and can love them through it and actually has some wisdom and protection. And so that's the question with God. Are we going to see him as the conquering army who we don't trust and we're just doing something because uh, I guess I have to, otherwise I'm going to get hurt? Or that I trust and believe that they actually have, he actually has this other way of living that's good for me. You know, it's also when we look at religious systems that appear to have the all the trappings of obedience, and, right. and it looks clean, it looks well-ordered, you realize uh, if you get closer, if you stay around it longer, that any religious system can accomplish compliance. The right. outward appearance... Yeah. of right behavior uh, towards authority or towards any uh, one who's in charge. Um, but only grace can accomplish obedience. Uh, um, and that's, a, that's an amazing thing to say because it helps explain to me so many systems I see that look like they're on their game um, but are accomplishing compliance. And well-dressed compliance that takes a long time sometimes to be able to see yes. behind. And to be able to connect uh, the penalty for compliance. You know, what are the penalties? What, what do you pay mm. when you have a system that's built on compliance mm. where you can get people to do stuff, but it's not coming out of that first rung. It's not coming out, as David was saying, it's not coming out of a heart of humility, out of trusting God and others with me and um, when you have that I know that one of the penalties is people don't grow up they don't they don't mature how could that's they it. that's it um, but they do their chores they do their chores but they don't mature yeah amen 
Good response. I was thinking, John, of the um, Oleander story. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. you're when you were younger and your dad mm-hmm. and, and yeah, the pyrocantha. Pyrocantha. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one day in your life you decided because something your dad did triggered in you a desire to to please him. Mm-hmm. I mean it was just mm-hmm. like oh my gosh and, and I don't know if you want to recap that in two minutes, but but I just think that that's a great example of David's example of your chores weren't getting done until one day something happened. Yeah, and just something in our relationship to where I believed that he was for me. It was as simple as saying, hey, we are appreciative you're in our family, and I'd love to play catch with you tonight. And It just undid me. I canceled everything I was doing that day, and I went so far beyond the requirement of what he was asking. To I never, I always would do a half, hearted job and and a half good job it was, stuff was left all over the yard yes i sort of got it done but what was the minimum i could do to meet the requirement that's how i lived in everything so i could go play you know but on that day i just thought what would my dad want to see mm-hmm. and and, mm-hmm. and I, it, it, love went so far beyond the requirement and it longed to see the expression on his face when i was done it was, it was an obedience that couldn't wait to do it. I, I mean, I, I, I spent all day, all day trying to um, capture what I had hoped my dad would want to see. You know, it was a, and all that from my dad that morning not going down the road of, you had better, or when I get right. home, young man. And right. uh, it changed everything for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As we, um, thanks, John, I just, just love that story. I, as we think about obedience, uh, going backwards, Bruce, and then next week we'll come back to obedience, but um, what, what happens is the compliant heart never submits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, that's, that's the key. Right. Because the compliant heart that doesn't submit never gets trust. They don't understand how critical trust is to the to the fulfillment yes so that uh, just to review i i have humility because i'm trusting god and others with me that allows me through trust to let you influence my life that lets me do that that's called submission when that submission that letting is actually taking place then what's happening is when I'm letting you influence my life, I act upon your influence. That's called obedience. See, God God has, we know this. We know the biblical reality. God has, he's a wonderful God. He loves us. He has wonderful plans for our life, none of which we will experience until we let him. And then, and then the, the question we often get asked is, well, well how would I know if I'm obedient? But it's, it's not that difficult. It's simply this. I'm actually acting upon Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually acting upon the influence of God in my life. I'm actually doing those things that he's asking me to do out of my letting him influence me, which is what John experienced that day. He didn't have words for it. He just knew that when Dad got home, there would be a delight in his father, yeah. and there was. You know, Dad didn't go out, inspect it, and say, well, you did a pretty good job. He went out and went, oh, my gosh, John, what have you done? And, and, and I think that 
that if we can learn, I can learn, we can learn, how is it that in trusting God, I am able to act upon the influence of God? A lot of times people don't even think of what I just said. They see obedience as a response to a mandate. They don't see obedience as a heart response to the influence of God. One one of my favorite sayings when I talk about obedience is that when I understand submission and humility and I act upon the influence of God, I actually obey him, I learn something very critical. I trust God with the consequence of my obedience. that's, That's a powerful understanding. Can I trust God with the consequence of my obedience? What we want to do is we want to try to figure out in advance what's going to be the cost if I obey God, and then will he actually be there for me if I do? Yes. So, Bill, you're saying that trust allows us to obey God. Would most people, if they believed that, know what to obey God for? Where would they find what to obey God for as a leader, as a person? Where do you find that? Well, I think that's a that's an excellent question, and I feel the need for that to be a fu- future discussion because of its... Don't worry, quote, we won't remember. Because of, <laughs> I won't anyway. But, but I, w- I would say this, David, that's where literally an understanding of the principles of God in the Word and an understanding of the significance of relationships with others who can validate in us what we believe we're hearing from God. That, 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 those things are really important. If I believe it's of God, do I have a biblical principle or basis for that? Is, is it some weird thing out of nowhere, or is it a consistent truth of God? Right, because grace isn't a feeling. No. Grace is no. actually generated from our creator, God. And it's actually built on tr- truth. Yeah. That's one of his purposes in getting us to trust him and others, as you've been talking about, because we're doing this in the context of community. Absolutely. But one of his purposes is that we would discover the truth um, about ourselves, about him, about others. And about his purposes. His purposes for our life. And that that truth would indeed set us free if we trusted it. So many people are not um, free because they want to have their own way, just as David was illustrating when he was a little boy, that we want to have our own way. And so we don't want to trust God and others with us. And in the process, we don't learn even who we are. We are deceived as to who we are. Other people know a lot of things about us, but we will stay unhealthy if we don't align with truth. I like that phrase, align with truth, because uh, that we use in the Ascent of a Leader, because what God is trying to get us to do is to align with truth and to trust him, not just comply with what he wants us to do. I just think that's one of the penalties too, John, of, of not, you know, being able to obey from the heart to comply is I I don't learn who I am. Mm -hmm. And that's huge, that isolation, that deception. Well, what we do, back to what you were saying earlier, John, is in in our complying, 
we, we are trying to please God because we don't trust him. Mm-hmm. And we create theologies mm-hmm. to strengthen our compliance. Mm-hmm. And, and those theologies that we create to strengthen our compliance, we don't understand, are keeping us profoundly immature. Mm-hmm. Yes. Even though we're we're hitting the mark ninety yeah. percent of the yeah, time yeah, yeah. in our compliance regulations, and 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 so that compliance statement, statement that we made last week is just remember the penalty of compliance is that I will not mature because I will hold the system or the person that I am complying to responsible for who I am becoming. Yeah. That, that's a, that's you just just hear the, we can just hear the weight of the defeat in that statement, and that's why there are so many de church people. You're the weight of the rebellion in that statement, oh, right? Because yeah. because they tried it, yeah. They tried it, and their lives never produced the hope or the freedom that was promised, and they're so defeated. This is why my primary motive, my first rung, my primary motive must be trusting, not pleasing. Absolutely. It also reminds me that we should tell the story of King Saul next yes. week in this issue of obedience. Um, because that's a, that's a very important uh, biblical story for us oh. to apply this principle. We've got a lot of promises for oh, next week. Boy. I want to be here for that one. Uh, and it's I'll, close to October, so we get to get a gypsy and a witch in there. So that's great. You mean Halloween? <laughs> Halloween. It is October. Yeah. Gosh. Okay, David, I you remember again. all the questions I for next week. I will remember everything. Uh, all right. My promise to you half-heartedly. <laughs> Go trim some pyracantha from the heart. Uh, will you? <laughs> See you next week. Bye.